Many gay and bisexual men, dissatisfied with modern religions that struggle to accept and condone us, are hearing the call of the old gods, those gods and religions of antiquity that embraced us and recognized our inherent spirituality. While modern religions debate our worth as lovers, as priests, as sexual beings, the old gods and the old religions embraced us as sacred. We were their shamans, their priests, the intermediaries between the gods and mankind. Many of the gods themselves were homosexual, bisexual, or transgendered. These gods were untamed, vibrant, and sexual. Accept their call and their healing embrace. These are the Male Mysteries, and I'm your host, Mel Mystery. Welcome back to the Discovering the Male Mysteries podcast. I'm your host, Mel Mystery. It's been quite some time since my last podcast. I didn't mean for such a large amount of time to go by, but I've been extremely busy this year. Today's podcast is Fifty Shades of Gay, Part 2. In Part 1, I critiqued notions of traditional marriage and biblical marriage. I gave a history of formalized same-sex relationships throughout history. I reviewed the movie Fifty Shades of Grey, and I challenged notions that sexuality is something negative or harmful so long as it's consensual. In today's episode, I'll be talking about alternatives to traditional heteronormative relationships, especially for those who don't want to mimic mundane heterosexual relationships or who don't believe in traditional marriage or traditional relationships for whatever reason. Before I get into today's podcast, I want to share some of my news. I updated and migrated a number of my websites to a new front end this past year. This includes my local LGBT and pagan resources sites, my photography website, and the Mail Mystery podcast site. By the way, I now have a dedicated URL. You can visit the Mail Mystery website at www.melmystery.com, www.melmystery.com. Be sure to check out the updated site. Some of the sections I've added include information on my current and past projects. There's a feed from my blog. There's also information if you'd like to invite me to do workshops at your event or if you'd like to advertise on my webpage or in my podcast. I finally completed my werewolf book, The Gay Guy's Guide to Werewolves and Other Man Beasts. That took a great deal of time researching and writing the final chapters, formatting it, and ensuring it was just right for publishing. The first book in a three-part series focuses on the connections between werewolves, shape-shifting, and homosexuality in the history, mythology, and folklore of a handful of cultures, including ancient Greece, Rome, Egypt, the Norse, Celtic, and Native American cultures, and others. 
They also talk about she-wolves, gender-shifting, and some other shape-shifting creatures similar to werewolves and animal-human hybrids in mythology. I've also started promoting the book. The book is available on Amazon and through Barnes & Noble. However, I'd greatly appreciate if you purchase it directly through my website. More of the profit comes back to me that way and less goes to the middlemen. If you like the book, by all means, leave some positive book reviews. The guy on the cover is only wearing a coconut. <laughs> That's a symbol. Symbol of what? A symbol of how... Gay men won't read anything without a naked man on the cover. I was also heavily involved in planning a pagan men's retreat that took place the first weekend in June 2016 at First Landing State Park in Virginia Beach. The theme of the weekend was the Fae, Nature Spirits, and Liminal Spaces. For a first-time event, this retreat went well despite a number of challenges. Everything from one of our planners being relocated for his job the week before the event to some last-minute cancellations and schedule changes. Despite the calls for thunderstorms that weekend, the weather cooperated. I even got a sunburn. It was a small crowd, but those who attended got something out of it. We didn't quite break even on costs, but we know better for next year. After the event, Event, our planning group met and we decided to continue the event next year with two major changes. We're going to hold the next event in the cabins rather than making it a camping event and we're going to hold the event in early March where there's less competition for events and when the cabin rates are lower. We've decided on a theme at this point and the theme will be the hero's adventure. Speaking of pagan men's gatherings, I was disappointed to learn that Kafnia, a spiritual gathering for gay and bi pagan men, was a no-go for this year. According to the planners, it was a difficult decision, but a number of complications caused them to cancel the event. It was an event I truly enjoyed, and I felt the people I met there resonated with me as my tribe. While Kafnia seems to be gone forever, they are planning a new event called Queerant. A queer spirituality conference that will be held April 14 to 17 in 2017 in Cincinnati, Ohio. I've included the links in the show notes on the Mel Mystery website. In more personal news, I've been dealing with a great deal emotionally this year. My mom remarried a couple of years ago after my dad passed away, and things have been rocky between us since she remarried an ultra-conservative man from her church. Things came to a head in January when she sold the home that had been in our family since I was 12 years old. There were two half-acre lots, one with a house on it and the other that was vacant except for a shed that belonged to me. My dad had wanted the lots to go to me and my sister and to eventually pass down to my nieces, and neither myself nor my sister wanted my mom to sell. We offered to help rent out the house to take over the remaining payments and a number of other options. Neither me nor my sister could afford to purchase the house outright, but we thought we finally had reached an agreement that we could at least keep the vacant second lot in the family and maybe purchase it from my mom. In January, I got news from my mother that even though she knew I'd never forgive her, she had a buyer and she was selling it all, including the second lot. This has devastated me emotionally, both because this has been such an utter betrayal by my own mother and because the place meant so much to me. It was always the place I considered home and the place I knew that I could always go back to if I needed to, and now I can't.
know they say you can't go home again. I just had to come back one last time. Ma'am, I know you don't know me from Adam. But these handprints on the front steps are mine. Up those stairs in that little back bedroom is where I did my homework and I learned to play guitar. And I bet you didn't know under that live oak my favorite dog is buried in the yard. sometimes asks me if I dream. Of course I dream, I tell her. Everybody dreams. But what do you dream about, she'll ask. Same thing everybody dreams about, I tell her. I dream about where I'm going. She always laughs at that. But you're not going anywhere, you're just wandering about. That's not true. Not anymore. I have a new destination. My journey is the same as yours, the same as anyone's. It's taken me so many years, so many lifetimes, but at last I know where I'm going. Where I've always been going. Home. The long way round. With all the talk about gay marriage in recent years, less focus has been put on the other types of queer relationships people may have. As I mentioned in the last segment, I'm all for folks getting married if they want to, but I also believe that folks should be able to have any kind of relationship they want without stigma or shame so long as it's consensual and between folks of legal age. I believe in a pluralistic society where folks have options. There's a great deal of pressure, even in some segments of the LGBT community, to conform to heteronormative, exclusive, monogamous relationships with two people of relatively similar ages, with one person assuming a masculine role and the other assuming a feminine role for the rest of their lives. 
though we might call these roles something different like active or passive or top or bottom. Any deviation from this model is considered somehow less than, and any deviation from monogamy is considered cheating or infidelity. While I'm happy that those who want to marry can, I'd personally like to see a gay take on things rather than direct appropriation of heterosexual customs and terms. For example, back in the 80s and 90s when straight men started getting their left ear pierced, gay men got their right ear pierced to indicate their gay status. In that tradition, I think it would be a statement for married gay men to wear their wedding ring on their right hand rather than the traditional left wedding finger. I'd also be thrilled if we could come up with better terms for our spouses. The terms husband and wife still have very heterosexual overtones. At least many of us are hyphenating our last names, so that's something. Many feminists have been promoting hyphenated names in straight marriages for years. There are a number of alternatives to traditional marriage for LGBTQ relationships. One of the most obvious is simply living together. It's not really that original, and lots of straight folks are doing it. There aren't as many legal protections for the couple, but there are also fewer legal responsibilities and restrictions. Civil unions and domestic partnerships still bridge a gap between simply living together and marriage proper. Another fairly mundane option is serial monogamy. Basically, you're dating or even married to someone you like, and you're monogamous. This is a romantic and sexual relationship, but at some point you split up and move on to the next person. You can be in your relationship for days, weeks, years, or decades. At some point you grow apart or someone wants or needs to move on. Similar to serial monogamy is casual monogamy. The only real difference between the two, as far as I can tell, is that casual monogamy isn't as romantic. It's more about the sex. This could be an exclusive fuck buddy or a friends with benefits arrangement. It's casual because the expectations of the relationship getting romantic or being long-term aren't there. Casual non-monogamy is also an option for folks. It's basically having casual sexual relationships with a number of folks, whether they're friends, fuck buddies, or the guy you met at the bar last night. Some might consider these folks sluts, but as long as they're honest, consensual, and safe, I suggest leaving your slut shaming at the door. Open relationships and open marriages are also a thing. Two folks might be in a committed romantic and sexual relationship, but realize that they have sexual needs and desires beyond their partner. Open relationships are common among gay men, and some have suggested that those gay male relationships that have endured the test of time allow for some degree of play outside the relationship. There are many ways to make this work, but the rules and boundaries need to be established to avoid jealousy and misunderstandings. For some, it's okay so long as their partner's escapades aren't mentioned. For others, they want to meet the person. There may be rules against having sex with friends or at home. One night stands might be okay, but nothing longer term. Perhaps certain kinds of sex are permitted, and others are not. Either way, safer sex should be a rule. Triads are another possibility. For bisexuals, this might allow one to explore their interest in intimacy and sex with both male and female partners in a controlled setting. A triad might be sexually exclusive, or it could be that all partners are comfortable having sex with each other, or it may be that one person has a relationship and sex with the other two, but the other two don't have sex with each other. A triad could also be a gay couple who wants to explore, so they bring in another person. The other person could be an equal part of the relationship or secondary to the primary relationship. Triads might also work if one partner in a couple has health issues that prevent them from enjoying sexuality fully with their partner. 
Polyamory is ethical non-monogamy. It calls for honestly exploring non-monogamous romantic and sexual relationships and dealing with any feelings of jealousy that may arise. There are many types of polyamorous relationships. Those involved are free to set the rules and boundaries, so the possibilities are very broad and open-ended. The main thing is that all involved are on the same page. There may be primary, secondary, and even tertiary relationships involved or those in the relationship may choose to love everyone equally without ranking. The relationship may include a couple with secondary relationships, a triad, a quad, a foursome, or a network of intimate relationships. Swinging is a form of recreational sexuality where couples in committed relationships engage in sexual activities with another couple. Swinging has traditionally been something practiced by a small number of heterosexual couples, but there's no reason gay couples couldn't practice this. It could provide variety and excitement in a controlled environment without totally opening up the relationship. Platonic relationships are ongoing, emotionally involved relationships that lack the sexual aspects. These are close, loving friendships. They may even dip slightly into the romantic, but for whatever reason, sex is not an option. Some of these relationships among men might be described as bromances. Boston marriages are more of a women's thing, but there's no reason they couldn't work for men, too. Back in the late 19th and early 20th centuries, it was common for two women to live together in a formalized roommate situation where they were independent from the financial support of a man. Many of these Boston marriages may have been lesbian relationships, but others were social and financial arrangements that simply allowed women to have freedom and independence. These might be a situation where two people are friends and financially entwined, more than roommates but not necessarily lovers. A male example would be Felix and Oscar from The Odd Couple. For some, BDSM is a fetish, but for others it's a lifestyle. The next time someone asks you who's the husband and who's the wife in your relationship, perhaps you should surprise them by telling them who's the master and who's the slave, or who's the dom and who's the submissive. These relationships explore power exchanges. Usually one partner, the submissive, relinquishes power and control in the relationship to the other partner, called the dominant. Usually there's an interest in BDSM in these types of relationships, but I can't say that that's always the case. Honestly, <laughs> honestly, it's been so long since I dated that I forget who gets tied up. Often, but not always, these relationships are one-on-one. -on -one. I've mentioned intergenerational relationships before. I don't consider these traditional relationships, even though these are frequently monogamous. There's often a stigma attached to relationships with an age difference of more than 10 years, sometimes even less than that. There's often the belief that the only reason such relationships can work is because both partners are exploiting each other. The belief is that the younger person is only in it for the financial security and the older to sexually prey on the younger and less experienced person. Sure, there may be some grain of truth to this in some cases, but in others there is real love and affection. Even traditional marriages are at least in part about financial security and sexual attraction. So why single out and judge other relationships for the same reasons. In my research, intergenerational relationships of some sort are one of the most common relationship types for homosexual relationships between men throughout history. In some cultures, the older man had a mentoring role. Being of different ages or social status also lessens some of the competition and posturing inherent in relationships between men of equal age or rank. For gay men who aren't biological fathers, there may also be a parental instinct at work. Younger gay men may be looking for someone who is more stable and more mature than their peers. 
I talked a great deal about this and related topics in episode 4 of this podcast titled It's All About Age. Long distance and living apart together relationships also exist. In these relationships there may be all the commitment and even fidelity of other types of relationships but for whatever reason it works best to live apart. Maybe one partner has a job in another city or their job frequently relocates them. Maybe familiarity breeds contempt as the saying goes and living apart allows both partners their space and independence and keeps the relationship from getting too familiar and mundane. On a smaller scale, this could even be a couple that keeps separate bedrooms in the same house. Hiring escorts is also an option, though sexual escorting is illegal in the U.S., even between consenting adults. It wasn't that long ago that homosexual sex was illegal in many states in the U.S., so take that as you may. There's a stigma associated with escorting, and escorting is often wrongly associated with exploitation and sex trafficking. The distinguishing factor, of course, are the keywords consenting adults. Generally, the gay community is more accepting of escorting than the straight community, and many disenfranchised young gay men turn to escorting as a means of financial survival. Those who hire escorts are seeking companionship, human affection, and sexual experiences that may not be available to them otherwise. There's also the option to be happily single. Whether this means you're celibate, have one-night stands, hire escorts, or spend your free time jerking off to porn, if you're happy, don't let anyone tell you that you need to be in a relationship. It's important not to judge or assume people's reasoning for participating in any of these types of relationships. The reasons can be just as varied as they are for those entering into traditional relationships. It might be for love or sex. It might be for economic reasons. It could be each person has a distinct orientation that draws them to a specific type of relationship. No one judges a couple in a traditional relationship for enjoying sex, but it's often the first thing folks judge in a non-traditional relationship. A while back, I talked to some folks who were in a triad. They said everyone thought that every night was an orgy, but they said the reality of it was that it meant more people in the household to help with chores and bills. Alternative relationships are likely more honest than traditional relationships. They have to be since those in these relationships have to agree on the rules rather than take the rules handed to them by society. It's also more honest because it allows for human nature. It's very likely that men in particular have a biological and a social imperative to spread their seed, and one shouldn't assume that women don't enjoy sex with multiple partners either, in spite of social conditioning. Rather than repressing or shaming biological urges, many non-traditional relationship structures open the way for folks to be honest about their needs and desires, rather than lying and cheating on their partners. If you know of other types of queer relationships that I've not mentioned, please feel free to send me a message through my website. I know there's more out there than I was able to find. I know there's a great many fetishes out there too, but for this topic I'm more interested in relationships, types, and structures. Thank you. Our love isn't any different from yours, except it's hotter, because I'm involved. I heard a woman talking And to me what she said just made sense She was lamenting the state of affairs How some people can be so dense She said she had three wonderful children Two girls and their little brother And nobody gave her problems for loving each child as much as the other But they'll say you are better, perhaps you are madder At least you should stay undercover 
Your mind must be bare if you would dare to think you can love more than one lover. I like Italian espresso, but I also dig French wine. And now and then that BC bud leaves me feeling fine. I like to get a buzz sometimes. I like sobriety. Most people understand this. They also like variety, but they'll say you are better. Perhaps you are madder. At least you should stay undercover. Your mind must be bare if you would dare to think you can love more than one lover. Well, I like the redwood forests, but the desert makes me wanna sing. And those little Irish villages when the church bells ring. I like to busk in Boston and hang out in the cafes in Berlin. I like lots of different places and nobody tells me it's a sin. But they'll say you are better. Perhaps you are madder. At least you should stay undercover. Your mind must be bare if you would dare to think you can love more than one lover. What do you say, girls? Are we all going to get married? All of us. All of us. But that's bigamy. Yes, and that's bigamy too. The Order of Karenia was a secret society for homosexual men founded in 1897 by George Cecil Ives. The society was named after the location of the battle where the Sacred Band of Thebes, a Greek army of homosexual lovers, met their end in 338 BC. Members of the order included Montague Summers, Oscar Wilde, Walt Whitman, and other notable homosexuals of the time. The group believed in forming a chain of lovers intent on ending homosexual repression. The patron of the order was the Greek god Eros, god of male-male love. A core tenet of the order was that members should not vex or persecute lovers. They believed that love in all its forms was sacred, whether it was wise or unwise, happy or disastrous, legal or illegal. Yeah, when the lights go out, it's nobody's business what goes on between two consenting adults. Or one. That pretty much wraps it up for today's show. Thanks for listening. Be sure to check out the show notes on my website, www.melmystery.com, www.melmystery.com. Hopefully I'll have a new episode out in the not-too-distant future. I've not yet decided on the topic of the next episode. I think for the moment I'll leave it a mystery. 
You know, I can score five nights out of the week, no problem. So it's a different person every night, so what? I like diversity. I like the challenge, the adventure. Thank you. 